0: Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Hark. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. Season 1 of the TV version of Building the Future is now streaming online at buildingthefutureshow.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Kwame Johnson, Executive Director at Power My Learning Atlanta. Kwame, welcome to the show.
1: Hello. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, I'm excited
0: to have you on the show. I think what you guys are doing is super important. But maybe before we kind of get into exactly what Power My Learning Atlanta is, let's get to know you a little bit better and cover where you grew up.
1: Yeah, so I'm actually from Syracuse, New York. Um, Okay. grew up... Uh, very cold place. Most people know Syracuse uh, for their sports, basketball team and football team at Syracuse University. Sure. Um, but actually, <clears throat> Syracuse, um, there was a report that recently came out, Syracuse actually has the highest poverty for minorities in the country. Uh, Detroit was number three, Syracuse was number one. So um, it's a pretty depressed area, a lot of poverty. I was fortunate to make it out of that situation and go to college, which and in, uh, in college, I decided, you know what, I, I want to do something to change this situation. So I decided to go into nonprofit. I actually left college when I was 19, started to work in a nonprofit uh, focused on education, which I believe is the fastest way out of poverty. So I've been doing this ever since and, you know, really excited about the work we're doing uh, with Power My Learning here in Atlanta.
0: Sure. No, I, I think that's awesome. But you, you did go to um, kind of university. What did you end up taking in
1: university? Yes, I went to Hampton University um in Virginia on a, actually on a track scholarship oh, wow. and when I was there yeah it was a really great school and I actually took on an internship in Washington DC for a nonprofit called the Center for Neighborhood Enterprise uh, going into my junior year, and they focused a lot on uh, doing work in uh, high poverty, uh, violent schools all across the country, and at the end of the internship, they offered me a job, um, so I decided to leave Hampton. Um, my parents weren't too happy about that and uh, started working in a nonprofit at the age of 19 and uh, have been here ever since, just doing work in different communities across the country, really trying to help young people reach their full potential through uh, removing barriers that prevent them from achieving their education.
0: Sure. No, I I think that's awesome. And it's super important. And it's awesome to have people like yourself that are willing to, you know, dedicate themselves to improving other people's lives. Thank you. Um, So I'm curious, how did you make the journey down to Atlanta?
1: Yes, yeah, so I've been <clears throat> um, in D.C. for the past 15 years working, um, mainly focused on education, different national nonprofits, most sure. recently what an organization called Communities in Schools, uh, which is the nation's largest dropout prevention organization. And um have a family now, and uh, I have some family here in Atlanta. Atlanta had always been on the list uh, for us. Uh, me and my wife, and uh, if you look at just some of the challenges Atlanta faces uh, with their very, a uh, lot of different pockets of poverty throughout the city and also the metropolitan, um, and I learned about the work that PowerMire Learning was doing to really leverage technology and digital learning to increase student achievement by focusing on not only students but teachers and also their parents, which I thought was very unique, and I've never come across an organization doing that, um, and they had an opening for an executive director and um, Uh, you know, the rest is history. I've been here a year now in Atlanta and it's been great.
0: Wow. That's no, that's awesome. So what exactly is Power My Learning?
1: So we are a nonprofit uh, that is leveraging uh, digital learning to increase student achievement, and we do that in a number of ways. We're actually a national nonprofit. Uh, we started in Atlanta in 2007, uh, but our national office actually started back in 1999 in New York City. So we have offices in New York, L.A., San Francisco, and also in Atlanta. And here in Atlanta, we're really focused on high-poverty uh, title I schools, underperforming schools, elementary and middle schools, and we're going into those schools and really helping um, students move forward by leveraging digital learning. So at a baseline what we do is we go into these schools and make sure that the families and the students have these digital resources in the home. So if you think about Atlanta, no one would know that two out of three families in these higher poverty communities in Atlanta don't even have a basic computer in the home, wow. don't have internet in the home. These are some basic things, basic barriers that prevent students from going to the next level. So we partner with these schools and we make sure that that, um, is met that that issue is is, is uh, fixed. So we go in, provide computers, which are what we call home learning centers because they uh, come loaded with uh, digital learning programs, coding programs, math programs, all the core subjects, loaded on the device. The families come in and they go through our training uh, so that they can really leverage these resources in the home. We know that students do much better when learning continues in the home. And for these low-income families, these families live in poverty, that's just not happening for a number of reasons. And we want to eliminate sort of the issues of them not having these resources in the home. So we provide them with the training. They come in to get the device, but they leave with much, much more. They leave with a lot of different uh, techniques to help them learn together in the home. Uh, and then we also, in those same schools, work with their teachers to help them incorporate digital resources into the classroom. So um, if you think about your typical teacher, they get up, they lecture to the classroom. You may have students in that class who are behind in different subject areas, some who are above. And when you teach in the middle of the class, you you sort of uh, miss out on a lot of students. So what we do is we, we go in and train these teachers on how to incorporate technology into the classroom so they can personalize instruction and meet students where they are in most cases they use our platform our digital learning platform power learning connect to do that so if you go to our platform there's over five thousand different activities games simulations videos uh, for all the course subjects so if you have a student who's in sixth grade math and they're struggling with fractions which a lot of students do there's a ton of content on our platform where they can go and actually assign assignments through the platform and kids can learn and play games and do it in a really fun way and sort of take ownership in their own learning. Uh, sure. We give them those resources and and, and and move forward from there.
0: No, I, I think that's awesome. So I'm, I'm curious, though, how does somebody kind of maybe maybe let's start from kind of um, the kids side of things um, yeah. or, or I guess it, I guess if if the school's not involved with you guys. Can, you know, a parent come to you and bring their child or children and say, can you, can you help me because they're struggling with math or, or something, right? Or, or does it have to be at the school level or, or does it really matter?
1: It's, so it's, it's a little bit of both. So um, it, we're a national organization and our platform, our uh, PowerMail and Connect, um, is available to anyone who has Internet. So a parent in any school, whether it's a high-poverty school or a a well-off school, um, can use our platform, and it's a free resource. Uh, We have about 600,000 users across the country using it, and about 40% of public schools use it. So it's a very robust platform. We actually – don't create any content. We actually just go out and find the best of the best games and learning activities that are out there already and then we bring it in to our platform and make it available for free for families and we actually curate it and sort it by grade level, by common core standard, um, what have you. So it's a very user friendly uh, platform where if you're a parent or a student or a teacher you can go on and find content. Teachers can monitor how their students are doing and make assignments. Parents can do the same thing. Parents can sort of learn along with their with their child uh, because math, sixth grade math is very different than it was when sure. most parents were going through the through the process and it's a lot more difficult. Um, and we eliminate the confusion uh, for families and parents and teachers. Right now, if you are a parent or a teacher, you go on and search through Google, you know, sixth grade fractions, you're going to get hit with a lot of different content. And what we've done is sorted that and gone out and vetted the best of the best that's out there and made it available for free for families and teachers and students
0: no i i think that's awesome and you brought up something that i'm I'm curious about when you say okay like let's take sixth grade fractions or something like that how do how is it different for like what you show the student as the parent especially like if as a parent like to be honest i don't even know if i remember how to do some of that stuff right and so how like how do you help the parent compared to the student like do you just obviously you display different content but maybe just kind of at a high level like how how do you help the parent kind of teach something that they m- may have never learned or forgot themselves or, you know?
1: No, it's a great question. So for parents, they they use a lot of our videos. So YouTube and all the different video applications, Gosh. there's tons of uh, Khan Academy is another example of just different vi- content that's out there that really helps explain uh, uh, very complex uh, uh Problems or, or fractions, whatever the, the student is working on. So a parent can watch a video, get caught up, and then be able to, you know, do the program with their child. Students they really go for the games and the fun things to do. They're learning it in the classroom, um, and their their teachers then assigning you know assignments to our platform for them to do when they're at home to sort of make sure they're mastering the content. Um, so they they pick a lot of the games, and, and we we really want to make it fun for kids. Uh, we know that. If students can demonstrate ownership and learning, they do much, much better. So we really focus at a young age of helping them develop those skills uh, so that they can carry on as they go through the K-12 through 12 system.
0: Sure. So obviously people can kind of start, like if they're kids in grade 6, they can start with your system or they can kind of go right from kindergarten to grade 12. Like at any age, they can kind of join and, and just start, you know, kind of their learning.
1: Yes, so if you, any student who's uh, kindergarten through 12th grade can access our platform and, and have uh, access to a ton of content and, and resources, digital learning resources, um, uh, and that's K through 12. Uh, so we also operate uh, in our regions, Atlanta, San Francisco, New York, where we actually work in schools. Um, so the platform is available to anyone in any state. Um, as it relates to our regions, we actually have partnerships in these schools where we actually have staff on the ground working in these schools, these elementary and middle schools, and these high poverty schools with the families, the teachers, and also the students. So it's a a combination of both. Um, The platform, I I recommend to even my friends who I meet and they say, hey, if you have kids who are school age, it's a great resource. Uh, But then we have our ground force actually in Atlanta, uh, New York, and San Francisco, and LA. Sure.
0: So when you say you have these people in the schools working with kind of kids and um teachers and, and even parents, um, what exactly do they do? Do they actually sit with students and kind of help them through different subject matter? Or is there, like, times parents can kind of come in and ask them questions? Or, or how does that exactly work when it's kind of in the school?
1: So that's that's a great question. So we have uh, two primary programs that we implement in the schools. One is our family engagement okay. program where I explained that we actually have families come into the schools and actually go through our training and go home with a free computer, a home, free home learning center. Oh, wow. So we actually have uh, trainers who are on-site at a school. We typically do them on a Saturday. Okay. Uh, which is unheard of for a, for a, a Title I school where you have 80, 90 percent of the families coming into the school building and going through a three-hour training. That's sort of unheard of. These schools really struggle with uh, family engagement. So we're we're using our digital resources and and coupling it with family engagement to get families in the in the school and get them engaged around learning. And we use technology to do that. So they come in, they sit with our our trainers. They uh, we break them up into classrooms, the families, and they train uh, the parent trains with their student. That's a requirement of our program that they learn together because that's what it's all about for us. Um, And they go through that on a Saturday, and they uh, they go home uh, with a free device that we provide support to if something happens to the device, we'll replace it or repair it. And then we also do ongoing workshops at the schools in the evenings, depending on the school's needs, to continue to go deeper with parents, Uh, because many of these families we work with, are just disconnected from the school, and they don't know what Common Core is, they don't know what STEM is, they don't know about a lot of these things their students are going through, and we want to help them along that process. So we do that through our family engagement work. And then we also have staff who actually are in the school working with teachers on a daily basis, uh, doing coaching, working alongside them, helping them incorporate our different digital resources into the classroom, uh, doing rotations where they're splitting students up and doing different exercises um, and using our platform. Uh, and that happens throughout the school year, and we also do workshops with teachers as well.
0: Got you. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious then, is the curriculum um, for the K-12 to kind of classroom, is it state level, is it nationwide, um, is it... Pretty, pretty similar to that it doesn't really matter, like, because it's got to be a huge challenge to curate content for K-12 to for, you know, the entire country.
1: No, you're right. So when we work with a school, it's very uh, customized based on what that school is doing. So here in Atlanta, for example, you have a number of schools um, that are focused on STEM. Got you. Um, some are uh, IB, uh, some have are focused on different disciplines, and we go in and work with the school based on where they are. For us, it's about helping kids learn, regardless what course they're taking, whether it's math, science. We want to give students the resources and tools they need so that they can learn and master those subjects. So every school is different, even within a district, and of course, as you go to different states the common core, and different things that each state is going to pursue is different. But we focus on working with that local principal to figure out what their plan is for their school, where they're struggling. Is it math? Is it science? Is it depending on what the course is? And then we go in and really help their teachers um, incorporate our resources into the classroom to really help students do better. And we can show that our schools are outperforming other schools um, that don't have our intervention. Interesting.
0: Okay. Yeah. So mm-hmm. are you guys looking to expand to other cities across the nation or does somebody kind of have to request you guys come into their their state or city or how does that kind of work?
1: Yes, yeah, It's a great question. We actually just completed a strategic plan for our organization uh, and all of our regions are in expansion mode. Um, so for example, here in Atlanta, we're, we're going to grow from 8 to 40 schools. Oh, wow. So outreaching to yes and that's over the next three to five years um, but we're in the process now of really ramping up to go deep in all of our regions where we're uh, penetrating these school districts at a high level and having a, a wide impact across the district so we're working on that across um, the country in our different regions and then our platform continues to bring on more users um, we are at 600,000 now that's awesome uh, we're gonna congrats get, on we're that continue that's, that's awesome that. yeah Thank you. No, it's it's been it's been great, and um, we have a, a team in our national office who outreaches to different districts, um, and that also includes other nonprofits like the Boys and Girls Club and other partners who have students and, and need rich content for them. So we we work with uh, all those different organizations to to get our platform in front of as many uh, students and families and teachers as we can.
0: Sure. No, that that makes a lot of sense. And so I'm curious. Um, obviously, you guys are a nonprofit. So how do do you guys, like if somebody wants to kind of donate or kind of get involved with you guys, how does somebody go about doing that?
1: That's a great question. And there's a number of ways. So we, uh, in our regions, we take in volunteers all the time to help out in our schools with our training with families or to help out in our warehouses where we're actually getting computers refurbished and getting them ready to go out to families. Because what we actually do is the computers that we donate to families, we receive them uh, from local companies or national companies who are refreshing their computers and they give them to us and we bring them back to life and refurbish them and uh, turn them into home learning centers so we have um, volunteer opportunities for, for people to come in and help with that uh, we are a nonprofit. we always are seeking uh, donations uh, so at org you can make a $20 donation or a $100,000 donation depends on you know what you can do um, so there's a number of ways uh, we're also you know very grateful to be on your show we've uh, been the best kept secret for a number of years. And we're doing a lot now to change that. So we're uh, trying to just get more awareness out about the work that we're doing so that more people can uh, get involved in what we're doing. Um, so it's volunteers, it's it's computer donations, it's, it's financial donations, um, all are very helpful. And anyone who's listening to the show, if you could tell someone about what you heard, it just helps us uh, get our brand out and uh, let more people know about the great work we're doing.
0: Sure. So you kind of mentioned computers. Are you guys also looking for um, tablets and phones as well or, or not really?
1: Yeah, we'll take any uh, technology. Okay. Um, we are um, doing a big push for laptops right now. Okay. Um, they're very good for school-age children. Um, sure. um, uh, they're portable. They're Wi-Fi-enabled. Um, and uh, so there, that that is a great resource for us. We take tablets as well. Um, and we're, you know, repurposing these devices to help families in need. And across the country, you know, there's this huge digital divide. Not a lot of people know about that. Not a lot of these families don't have computers or Internet in the home. And in the 21st century we live in, it's just, uh, it's, a, it's an equity issue sure. and it's a challenge for families.
0: Well, yeah, and there's, I, I know there's like a huge movement around trying to make internet access like a human right, right? And that everybody yeah. on the planet should have access to it. And I think like we're we're obviously working towards that. And, you know, with you, uh, companies like you guys, you guys are just bringing that forward and, and promoting that, Right um exactly so just just to come back to the laptop thing a little bit, you said you're looking for laptops. is it windows mac Chromebook all three Does it really matter yeah all three okay well it
1: does it doesn't matter any laptop uh will take it and um and redeploy that and get uh to a family in need, so all of those uh work for us. Um, uh, we have a warehouse here in Atlanta where we actually get everything ready uh, for schools. Um, we'll probably do across the country about 5,000 devices uh, this year alone. Wow. So we, we need we need uh, more and more uh, devices because we're growing in all of our cities as I mentioned.
0: Sure. And every
1: school we go into has this challenge. So we, the more devices we can we can get um, the better.
0: So. I, I'm curious though how do you, how are you guys solving the problem of if like a family doesn't have internet access
1: no that's a great question and and a lot of people think it's a financial barrier why families don't get connected to the internet, okay. and in most cases it's not it's it's more of an educational barrier so if you think internet is for Facebook and snapchat and that's it right. then you, if you have a smartphone in the home, which most low-income families do have a smartphone. Yeah, I think like Walmart think has you, a
0: ten-dollar Android phone now, or something. Yeah. So, like, you could basically get a smartphone for nothing, right? That most people can come up with ten bucks on a contract or or whatnot, right?
1: Yeah, you have a smartphone yeah. and, you know, the smartphone is a communication device so it serves multi, multi, uh, purposes for a household. So most low income families will have one smartphone in the home. Sure. Um, and 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 then the assumption is I don't I don't need internet, um, but again for us it's about the training and empowering families. So when they come in and go through our training and they learn about our our platform that has our digital learning platform Power Learning Connect that has all these activities that their kid can use and learn and that they can use and, and learn um then they figure out a way to adopt an internet so about 30% of families um 25 to 30% have internet when they come into our workshops about 75% adopt after our workshops because they then see the value of the internet as a learning tool for their child and, and majority of families Want to be able to help their children learn, sure. and they just don't know how, and they they don't know where the resources are. So we make that available to them in a very easy way. And there are some affordable internet options out there through Comcast and AT and T and others, uh, where a family could get broadband for for ten dollars.
0: Oh wow, it's that that yeah. inexpensive. That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize there, there's it was some that very affordable options.
1: No, that's yeah, awesome. There's man. some options.
0: And yeah. obviously. Um, and I'm assuming, like, would you potentially help somebody outside of, you know, your general locations if they needed kind of help with with that as well, or is that something you guys don't really do?
1: Yeah, we do. We have we have a ton of resources on our website, and we have okay. partners uh, like like Inten, who is laser focused uh, on you know bridging the digital divide and helping families get connected so we have through our partners ways to help families get these resources and make it available uh, to them because we need all these families to be connected to the internet it's it's you're at such a disadvantage if you're not
0: sure no that makes a lot of sense so i'm kind of curious to know what else you kind of see um is like you mentioned this kind of digital divide and kind of You know, I think a lot of people take for granted that they just have internet, you know, they have a laptop or or desktop or both and a tablet, you know, like people, people these days, but what, what do you see commonly that people don't have, um, you know, whether it's just having internet or access to the internet and whatnot? Like, is there any other things that you guys are trying to promote or, or get people that, you know, maybe people don't think about all the time that they just kind of take for granted?
1: Yes, it's, you know, um, the, the the schools we work in, high poverty schools, um, do not have strong family engagement. And okay. if you go to some private schools or schools in well-to-do areas, family engagement is, is just um, a part of the fabric of the school community. Parents are engaged. They're up to date on what's going on. Um, in the school on a a daily basis. And when you have that big disconnect in low-income communities, um, it's like the student just goes off to school and the family is not aware of what's going on. So we're actually developing uh, an app, a Parma Learning uh, app, where we can actually do uh, text messaging and push notifications to families. So as I mentioned, most families do do have a – smartphone in the home and we see that as a way another communication channel where we can actually inform families of their uh, students homework assignments and things that they need to work on or be aware of or different activities in our platform they can access so that's sort of the next level for us is just figuring out how do you continue to bridge that um, communication gap or family engagement gap between the school in the family, the school, and the family, and the students, because we know students do much better when their family is engaged in the learning process. So we're just trying to figure out, um, and, and you know, having a device in the home is one way to do that. And that's sure. one barrier we've, we're continuing to fight and address, but there's other barriers that just prevent families from being connected to the school, and we're going to continue to figure out ways to, to bridge that gap because it's working in other parts of the city where families, you know, have, have money and means to provide these resources for their child.
0: Sure. So you mentioned yep. this app. I'm assuming it'll be Android IOS.
1: It'll be Android, and it'll also be for iPhones. We're going to make it as uh, mobile-friendly as possible, and it's it's in the development phase right now. We're building that out, and oh, that's um, okay. a, a new a new new addition for us uh, because our platform is, is is available now, and we want to make sure we can um, reach families that may not have the internet as of yet and have it on their device uh, through their uh, smartphone.
0: Sure. So, what do you have a rough kind of time frame of release of this, or is it still kind of too early to tell?
1: Our plan is to get it done this this year in two thousand and sixteen okay. okay yeah so we're and we 're going to do a pilot in new york uh, we 're working on that now, um, so this is something that 's going to be coming out pretty soon um, and there's there 's been a lot of research um, uh, around just text messaging in low income families, and, and we 're going to continue to go down that road
0: sure no i I love it I, I think what you guys are doing is is super cool. So you have this web platform that pretty much anybody can use. You have a bunch of locations throughout the country, and you're looking at expanding those. You're building this mobile app for Android and iOS. Where do you guys kind of want to go beyond that? Or is it is that just too big of a kind of thing to think about right now because you're, you guys are doing so much?
1: It's a great question, um, and I think we have our – you know, we're laser focused on making sure we expand in our regions over the next three to five years to grow with fidelity and quality, because that's also a challenge that a lot of nonprofits face, that they can do one program well in one school, but when you take it across multiple schools, multiple districts, it becomes challenging. So we want to just, we want to, that's a big focus of ours, is making sure we grow with fidelity and quality over the next three to five years. This is the first time we've grown grown with this, this level of scale. Um, and then continue to build out the platform i mentioned the app that we're going to be building that's a that's a big focus um as well but for me my personal goal is to reach as many kids as as we can as i mentioned my background and sort of going into this to, to make uh, an impact on as many young people as possible so hopefully eventually uh palma learning will be in every um community that needs us across the country
0: sure no i i think that's that's awesome um just kind of to go back a little bit, I've been thinking as we're kind of talking about how to get involved, like, are you guys kind of, I know you guys are looking for volunteers and kind of laptops and um, tablets and whatnot. Is there anything else that, you know, a company in Atlanta or your other locations could, could do, you know? Like, part of me is kind of thinking, do you guys offer programs, almost like a Habitat for Humanity, where maybe like a team or a a workplace can come down and help you guys for like a day or two. Do you guys have anything kind of like that that, you know, people that want to maybe just give their time? I know you kind of mentioned volunteering, but do you have like specific things that you know, if you had a group of like 20 people come down and just like help you do something like do you ever do that kind of stuff?
1: Oh, definitely. And we work with a number of local companies to sort of figure out what makes sense for them. We had one company actually come in, JB and Consulting. They came in and helped us with our strategic plan. And that was okay. something we really needed help with. We we would love to have someone help us with a sort of our marketing strategy. You know, okay. So there are a number of other ways companies that are um, their line of business is to do marketing. They could really come in and help us. You know, we're we're not a large nonprofit. You know, we we, and uh, it'd be great to have those kind of expertise in in house to help us just just on a number of other topics. But um, we would definitely entertain those those kind of projects um, to really just help us uh, do our work more efficiently uh, so we don't have to hire someone or or add it to our budget we can actually just work with a company that's already doing that work and can really help us out in a really meaningful way
0: sure so okay so Mm -hmm. potentially if somebody's out there listening and they're they're looking for to partner or or donate some services to you guys um, in the marketing space that would be you know great for you guys is there anything else that you had potentially you know could help you in the short term that you know, somebody could maybe donate some time or some, um, you know, expertise to?
1: Yeah, you know, I think change management. We're going through a lot of change as we grow. You know, anything in that area – uh, would be very helpful if you you know you think about all, you know all your major business functions marketing communications strategy you know we could we would entertain a conversation around all of those areas because we um, we there there are some areas where we need more help than others but it would be great in particular around marketing if we could uh, have someone help us uh, in, in our regions but also on a national level just to really make sure we're, we're getting in front of as many people as possible and, and telling our story, story in a very compelling way. Uh, we partnered, um, you made me think about our partnership with Turner Broadcasting here in Atlanta. They actually came in and did a, a free video for us. They brought out the film crew and we needed a promo video and they spent some, a few, uh, um, days with us doing a shoot and editing, editing the video. And now we have a promo video and that was something we would have had to pay for. So there's a number of ways, um, Uh, That we would love to engage with a company or any an individual that really just wants to get uh, provide help and has an expertise in an area
0: No, I I think that's awesome. And that's kind of why I thought I would bring it up again um, Because I think there's a lot of people that are looking to actually either donate time or their expertise But they just don't even know where to start and I think Education for children for most people is got to be up there right of one of those things that they want to give back to and I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, so I'm kind of curious, though, to maybe we're, we're kind of coming to the end of the show. Just for somebody that kind of maybe tuned in a bit later, do you want to maybe kind of give another just a quick overview of what you guys do for the K-12 student, the family member, and then maybe the teacher as well?
1: Yes. So, you know, in short, we're using digital learning uh, to increase student achievement, and we have great results across the country that show that students who are involved in our programs do much better, and core courses like math and science, these are core STEM Um, programs that students need to master at a young age. Um, Most of the jobs of tomorrow and of today are going to be STEM-related, so we're very heavily focused there, and we're harnessing digital learning to advance. We're doing personalized instruction with our, our teachers and helping them drive student ownership of learning while also using technology to strengthen face-to-face interactions among students, teachers, and parents. So if you take a triangle and you put a parent on one end, a teacher, and a student, uh, and you draw the triangle, um, we're using technology to connect all three of those parties, which is very unique. Uh, You come across a lot of nonprofits that are focused on students, some are focused on our parents, some are focused on teachers, but we're actually using uh, technology and digital learning to connect all three of those parties. And I say connect, not replace. There's been a number of initiatives that have focused on replacing teachers with computers, replacing parents with computers, and we don't believe in that. We think technology should be used to enhance those relationships and not to replace.
0: No, I I think that's awesome. And I, I think realistically, um, who knows what the future is going to hold or what kind of devices we're going to use by the time that somebody's in, you know, um, grade school these days. Uh, once they get out in the working force, who knows what type of device they're going to be using. But the fact that they're, you're getting them into and used to technology and Internet and this kind of thing is you're just preparing them and you're teaching them just basic kind of tech skills that will apply to whatever job they end up going into right even if they're not in a tech job they're probably going to be interacting with a piece of software there'll probably be some sort of form of the internet if it's not the same as what we're currently using right and so I think even just the fact that you guys are teaching kind of technology skills and how to use a computer you know, whether that's the same form factor by the time they get in the workforce or not, the fact that they understand it and, and, you know, can kind of see how things change. It's not as scary as if they've, you know, they turn 18 or they're 20 and they get in front of a computer for the first time. Right. I think. Exactly. So I, I think that's it- awesome for you guys.
1: No, thank you. And, you know, um, in, in the state of Georgia, for example, in third grade now, students are going to be required to take their standardized test online. Oh, really? Um, and they're going to be in their timed test. So if you think about it, if you're a third grader and you don't have a computer in the home, never experienced a computer, don't know how to type, and the only limited time you have access to computers in the computer lab in your in your school, um, even if you know the, the answer to the questions on the test, you're at a disadvantage. So... Well, we want to make sure yeah we want to make sure that these students have these resources and i mentioned the 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 laptops we provide are we call them home learning centers and the reason we call them home learning centers is because they come preloaded with 40 different educational programs so even if a family doesn't have Internet and they don't have access to our platform, which has 5,000 activities, they can access 40 on the device. Um, there's a coding program. There's oh, science okay. math program on the device. Microsoft Office for projects uh, that's in the school that they have to do and to create resumes. So it's a very robust device with a ton of software on there, uh, typing programs. There's a program um, called Natural Reader, which is for students who may be di- di- dyslexic and, and have speech problems or have typing problems. To really help them work through that, um, so it's a very robust uh, home learning center for for the family to use uh, to help their children do much better. But it's it's a, it's a big problem across the country. Uh, this is the first time in history, as you know, that most of our students, 51% of our students that are in public education, live in poverty. So oh, the wow. problem is getting worse. 51% Sorry. of the 52 million students that populate our public education system, and for me, you know, all the data shows the fastest way out of poverty is, is to get a high school diploma. So we're really working to to get kids excited about learning at a young age so that I can carry on and they can develop those skills and have the resources to learn throughout their process and graduate on time and, and ready for uh, the next step.
0: No, I, I, I love that. And I think you brought up something that I think is really interesting, like you, you that you guys preload a bunch of stuff on the computer And some of the programs that you mentioned, like coding and typing and stuff like that, like I think the running joke with me at least is um, like I I was fortunate enough that my parents were kind of in technology and and we've always had a computer in in my home, like growing up even back in the 80s. And so I, I understand how fortunate I was to have that, but the running joke is I used to do everything like I used to type everything so if you look at my like handwriting or my you know printing it looks terrible (laughs) because like I just you know (laughs) so like I kind of lost that side of things but I think the the point I'm trying to stress here is that you know typing learning to type and potentially even code whether you you know even if you're never like a programmer but it's almost a, a really good skill to have because you know if even if you understand just how to program at a basic level i think that's always something that will help you in, in the future because chances are you might be getting software built for you or have to deal with new features getting added and even just as a career path like there's you can make a really good living as a, as a coder and even by i think 2020 they said there's going to be well the stats are, you know, obviously a prediction that there's going to be like one coder for every 20 jobs, right? And I think, I, I yeah. love the fact that you guys are getting that in front of kids young, right? Whether they become a developer or not, doesn't really matter. Just having that skill set and always knowing that they can almost go back to that if they ever need to, right?
1: No, exactly. And, and you know, another piece is that a lot of... Um, students who struggle have some kind of disability, learning disability. Okay. And we, we know that students, in particular uh, special ed students in our schools, they do much better when they sort of learn on their own, on their own pace. And using our, our material, our, our resources in the home allows them sort of to learn at their own pace, um, helps them build confidence because um, they can sure. sort of play a game and, and in advance in that game and do well and get a reward for, for doing good in the game and going to the next level in a game. So it's really helping a lot of these students who have these learning disabilities, which many of our students do in these schools. Um, so that's just another piece to add um, to what we've been talking about.
0: Sure. And I, I think the other thing that's that's kind of got me thinking about it too is when you give somebody a laptop and and they have access to the internet, they can learn Just through using Google, like just having Google on a desktop or sorry, a laptop with a keyboard, you can learn so many things. There's so many things, obviously, like that you guys are giving as well. But, you know, there's so many other things that like a lot of people that I even work with or have worked with in the past taught themselves how to program just by like Googling around or, or using other resources online that are free, that are just provided with your basic kind of internet package, right?
1: No, no, you're right. It's endless. You know, actually, this reminds me of a student we had in New York City who grew up in the projects in the Bronx, uh, very low income, uh, a lot of challenges, and uh, she was able to get a computer and get the internet, and she actually said that the internet would enable her to visit Rome and Greece, places that she never imagined visiting. Totally. And it sort of opened, opened her eyes to a whole other world, and now this same young lady has started her own, coding program for kids, and it just really, it, the internet and these, the technology um, just can open up your eyes, whether it's to different coding programs or to a place you've never visited that will spark your interest in something else. It, it's just endless. So we want to make sure at a basic level that these families have access to these resources.
0: Love it, man. Well, we're, we're coming to the end of the show, so maybe let's close the show with um, mentioning again where people can find you guys online, and any other kind of social media links you want to mention?
1: Great. So we'd love uh, for many of you all to just get involved, to, to visit our website, which is powermylearning.org, and learn more about the great work we're doing to really increase student achievement through digital learning across the country. We're also on Twitter and Facebook. It's Powermylearning. Um, all is one word. Powermylearning.org is our website. Love to love to learn more about what you're doing and help you get involved with what we're doing.
0: Perfect, man. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to be on the show. I look forward to keeping in touch with you and kind of seeing where you guys take this thing throughout the rest of the year. And I'm excited to check out the app when it comes out later this year and, you know, see what you guys end up doing in 2017 as well.
1: No, thank you, Kevin, for having us on the show and uh, you're helping us sort of build that brand awareness and we're a, a step closer to becoming a household name. So thank you for having us on the show and uh, for us to be able to share what we're doing with your, your listeners.
0: Yeah, no problem, man. I, I'm, and I'm happy to connect you or help you in any other way I can, um, you know, anytime in the future. So do reach out and let's keep in touch and, you know, thanks again for doing this.
1: Great. Thank you. Have a good day.
0: Yeah, you too. Bye. thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep going in the future.